every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. John chapter 7, verse 37. John chapter 7, verse 37. John chapter 7, verse 37. What's wrong with the sound? John chapter 7, verse 37. The Bible says, On the last day. Who's, who's, who's explaining for me? Who has it? John 7, verse 37. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38. He that believes on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Thirst. You can sit down, guys. Thirst and hunger are the most vital elements in the things of God. Please follow me closely this morning. Make up your mind to practice everything you hear me saying this morning. Make up your mind long before you even hear me. That you are not going to be a hearer alone, but a doer of God's word. Hunger and thirst is the most critical, the most vital element and requirement in the things of God. John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, He called the thirsty. Is anyone thirsty? The call is for anyone, but everyone is not thirsty. So it's exclusively for the thirsty. What differentiates people with God is not their sex, is not their age, is not their nation, but their thirst. Romans chapter 10 verse 12. What differentiates people with God is not their sex, is not their age. The difference in people's life with God is not in their nation or their nationality. Romans chapter 10 verse 12. Who has it? Romans 10 verse 12. What does it say quickly? For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. No, somebody say no difference. There is no difference. The Jew, the Israelites, the real Israelites, do not have access to God more than the Greeks. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Same Lord. If he answered A, he can answer B. If he answered C, he can answer D. The same Lord. There is no exclusivities with God. Give me the next verse. For whosoever calls the name of the Lord shall be what? Someone say whosoever. Say I'm a whosoever. Whosoever. It's part of his color, it's part of his age, it's part of his country. Whether I came from Nigeria or I came from Africa or Kenya, wherever I came from, whosoever calls the name of the Lord is saved. For there is no exclusivities with God. 
a Gentile. She was a Gentile. What it means was that at that time, the grace of God had not reached the people that were not believers or they were not Jews. So Jesus said to her that uh, my time is not now. Healing is for the children. And we cannot give to the children what belongs to, we can't give to the dogs what belongs to the children. I mean, he called her a dog. Please try it. Say no. You are not, you are, you are not, you are not qualified. You are not qualified for the miracle. Why are you not qualified? Aaron, in God's scheduling, in God's timing, healing was not available for Gentiles yet. In God's, follow me closely, in God's timing. The woman said, I agree. But the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall off their master's table. Jesus said, great is your faith. He calls it faith. It was not yet time for healing, but a woman by faith took the healing of her daughter before time. Now, if a Gentile can snatch a healing, when heaven said it's not yet time, how much more now that it is time? When will you get healed? John chapter 1, we know the story of the turning water to wine. You, know, you all know that story. Mary went to Jesus. He says, woman, what do I have to do with you? For my time is not what? Has not come. He said with his mouth. William. He said, my time is not come. The woman said to him, he said, don't mind it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. When he saw the way they stood on his neck, that we are ready, sir. The next instruction. The next instruction, sir. He turned water to wine before his time. If he would turn water to wine, which was a symbol of the Holy Spirit and the anointing before time, how much more will he pour the anointing on your life now that it is time? First, he calls it faith. First, and hunger are the requirements. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12, the story of the man who's, who's, who was crippled and his friends opened the roof. He saw, he saw their faith. He called it faith. He called it faith. He called it faith. Your desire for more, he calls it faith. Your hunger for more, he calls it faith. I don't know what level you are this morning, but if you can hunger for more, you can have it. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, we must read it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Please display this for me. My 1, 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 2. They had it in common. They desired something more. And they had it. 1 Peter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As newborn children. Desire the sincere milk. NIV says crave for it. How I many of you had cravings before? How many of you have had craving for pizza? Ice cream. You just want to have it. You just check Instagram and you see somebody with fried rice and shrimps and turkey and plantain. That day you cannot get yourself until you eat it. You know what? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You must find it. Anywhere they say they're selling it. One day I put a picture of Gary and see. Or, um, um, seafood okra. Everything. Now, there are people who have never chatted me up when I posted scriptures. <laughs> I posted inspir motivational, inspirational words. 
He didn't say, wow, what a word. They chatted him, sir, sir, where can we get this thing? Craving. He said, as newborn babes, crave that you may grow. That you may grow. Desire that you may grow. People can be in church for years and not grow. Growth is not by age. People don't grow by age. Their health and medical conditions, where's Dr. Dr. Lloyd, Dr. Ademi, there are medical conditions that people are growing and they are not growing. They are counting age. They are 21-year-old people on the bed. There are medical conditions like that. People are growing by age. Because growth does not come by age. Follow me closely. Growth does not come by age. Growth does not come by size. There are a lot of big and empty people. You know there are children that are very big. Have you seen children? Say, are you, you are just six years old? Very big. Growth doesn't come by age. Growth doesn't come by size. Desire that you may grow. Desire that you may grow. Growth should be your extreme desire. Growth doesn't come by age. I was working with the church. The church was about 22 years old then, and they wanted to reconstitute their constitution. The man guessed that he was drawing near to his um, grave and called me in to, 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 help with the, to help with the constitution. And they didn't have a proper succession plan in their constitution. So I had to help them put it together. So we started from the scratch. I, I studied a lot of churches, both in Nigeria and outside Nigeria. I studied Catholic Church, Methodist Church, Redeemed Church. I studied all those churches and I came together with a very robust constitution for them. So I had to sit down with the elders, the council of elders. And I was explaining, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen from now on, this and this and this and this. And I helped them with all through that. I was 30 years old when I did that. When we got to the point of succession, come and see fight. I know that succession can be a people problem. I'm telling you, people are fighting to be pastor. That's why we need persecution back in the church. And even they are beheading pastors now. You will see that people will not hungry for it. I cannot believe it. So I said that by nature or by reason, anybody within the age of 30 and 60 should be the one qualified for the next geo. I mean, if you're over 60, you're disqualified. If you're less than 30, that's what Woman got up, very hungry. You, this young man, he said, you just cut off a whole generation? Because these are people that were there when they started church. Me, I just came as lawyer to help them. The man was ranting. I can never submit to a 30-year-old. How many cents do they have? I have never seen any reasonable 30-year-old. He was, yes, I'm one. I'm 30-year-old, sir. And you all have sat down to hear my wisdom. 30-year-old. Maybe his child is very unreasonable. So he's used to 30-year-olds. There are a lot of 30-year-olds owning corporations all over the world. There are 30-year-olds owning multi-billion companies across the globe. Age does not come by. Maturity and growth does not come by age. It comes by responsibility. How responsible are you for yourself and for the people around you? That's cool. Talking about Jesus, the Bible says God has committed everything to his hands. John chapter 5 verse 3. He said, for the Father loves the Son and he has committed all things to his hands. Growth is by how many things we can commit into your hands. How many things can we commit into your hands? 
How many things can you walk with? How many things can you do well? God said in the book of John that I will not judge anyone. See, I've committed all judgment to my son. John chapter 5, verse 21 to 22. John chapter 5, 21 to 22. God is not going to judge anyone. He has committed all judgment to the hands of his son. So in the school of the spirit, there is no sin as a strict timetable. It's a flexible learning system. You are the one that will decide how long you stay in that class. You can be there for 10 years. Some people have been repeating a class for 20 years. The earlier you surrender to God, the faster you finish. You keep struggling, you stay there for a long time. You are the one that will decide how fast you will grow when you are going to graduate. It's a very flexible learning between one day to 100 years. Growth is deliberate. You grow old by nature. You grow up by intention. Anyone can grow as you are here now. You are older than you came when you came this morning. You don't need to do anything to grow old. Just be counting years. But to grow up comes by intention. I'm deliberately, I'm deliberately slowing down because I want you to get it. So God expects us to grow. As you are today, you can decide that the next three months I will grow faster than I've grown the last three years. I am the one that will tell me my pace. God has never slowed anyone down. God has never slowed anyone down. That you are too fast. No. If you say, Lord, I am for you today. It's only me and you. He's very happy with it. He can take you and you can cover grounds in, in, in days what you could not cover in years. When you surrender to him. He expects us to grow. The book of First Testament says it's a faith that grows. Faith that grows. Your faith can grow. Your work with God can grow. Your life can grow. So, so it says desire to grow. When you grow, you are able to commit and do a lot of things easily because growth brings responsibility. Of course, responsibility will come by growth, but you have to keep growing to maintain your responsibility. If you make you head of a choir, for instance, and I say, well, <laughs> Ebenezer, get that to the Lord accepts. And you stop growing. You can't lead because people are moving. Younger entrepreneurs are rising. Younger business mentors are rising. If you stay there because now you have grown, you are a pastor. You know, say, I'm pastor. No fasting, no prayer, nothing. Just respecting title. Yes, we are the ones here. Before you know, psh, 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 psh. I said here one day, people that have, have arrived, don't move. Stop looking for spiritual children. You will be a spiritual father. Your children will come around you. Stop looking for people. You have to, have to mentor you. <laughs> Stop looking for people. You grow. Mentors will come. Bible says anywhere the carcass is, there the eagles will gather. You don't have to beg for children. They will crown, they, they will be too much for you. Come on. You grow. Grow thereby, he says. So I said on Tuesday, the first element for trigger for your faith is the presence of God. I'm going to stay there before we go to second service. The presence deliberately. I'm talking about growth in faith. Deliberately ensuring and encircling your life with God's presence. Deliberately. There are kinds of TV programs you cannot watch because they are going to snatch you from God's presence. You know them already. I don't have to start mentioning names. There were TV programs that they do that, I mean, they put, 
you, they put, I don't want to mention this, I don't think I'm judging you, but your conscience is judging you. They put people together in the house, and everybody's looking forward to when they start sleeping with each other. Everyone, that's why everybody's looking forward to when will they start kissing? When will they start sleeping with them? When will they start, that's, that's what we're waiting for. All this one that they are cooking food and they are, that's not, that's a waste of time. Go straight to the business. What are they doing under the bed sheet? What are they doing there? So you wake up in the morning, Twitter, the story is jam-packed. What did this one do yesterday? What did this one wear to the bedroom? There is absolutely no way I can feed my mind with soft junk and expect God's presence to go around me. There's no way. I've tried it before. He cannot walk. Deliberately create a presence that saturates your life. Deliberately. There are people's status, if you look at, you have to pray in tongues for two days to get back to the place of spiritual intensity that you were before you looked at it. Deliberately create that's the first trigger for faith. The presence of God. There are conversations you have that you feel empty and dry. You know what I'm talking about. There are people that come and visit you and when they are leaving, you know that something has, you know that virtue has left you. Because you people just discuss nonsense. You gossip, you talk, and you choke God's presence. The Bible says, quench not the spirit. There are gatherings that people come to and they gather and the moment they gather there, before you know it, everything that you have prayed for, every value, everything that you have caught from God's presence, you see it, it is going, oh Lord, yeah, oh Lord, yeah. It's just, you just see that you are living, you are living. Conversations. Conversations with people. There are blogs you, you read. You just open up all those blogs and everything that you have caught that week from God's presence, psh, of the window. Don't blame anybody for your spiritual dryness. Where is your oil leaking from? You know, you have conversations with Christians and you charge yourself. When we were on campus, I will never forget, you know, I always make reference to campus because campus was where I built, I built solid Christian friends and I still have them today. I never changed my friends. And in the room, you after, a, after like one hour conversation, everyone knows it's time to pray. Everyone, you just know. Excuse me, please. I need to pray. Excuse me. And we pray and pray and pray. I mean, you sit down and you, you meet someone and there's a word in their mouth for you. Pastor me and I went to a place in Kefi. To, my pastor was doing a meeting there. So I followed my part of his protocol. I'm, I was a protocol with him there. So when I got there, I met a friend. Hey, brother so-so, how you doing? Wonderful, it's good to see you. And we stood on the, to God with me, we stood on the road there. And I began to teach. And I began to teach. And I taught for three hours. By the time I looked up, we had over 50 people gathered around us. As people were going, they had and they stopped. They had and they stopped. By the time I looked up, over 50 people were already around us. I said, ah, what, what, what am I going to do now? Someone said, why not get the puppet? Shut up. You have started. I mean, just, just talking. I had to sneak and tell my wife, please, dispatch them, please. I said, okay, you know, please go. We are, we are done. Because I don't even know them before. <laughs> we are done. 
I went to visit a friend of mine. He told me, he said, when I left, he couldn't go back to his house. He went straight to a field to pray. Conversations. That's tear up a presence. Now, do I say it's not crack jokes? I crack a lot of jokes. I am a very fond of, people don't agree, but I'm a very fond loving person. Amen. They don't agree the idea. They don't, they say no, we are checking the eye, but I'm a very fond loving person. Now, the problem is that there is none of my phone that I cannot introduce God. No, 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 no. There's nothing I'm discussing and chatting and playing that we cannot bring the God factor into it sharply without having to wait for breeze to blow on what we are saying. You know what I'm talking about? Because what we are discussing cannot embrace God fast. We have to first wait, allow breeze to blow on this because, okay, my brother, you know, actually we are Christian. There is no joke. I'm joking. That we can't bring in God. There's no God. I have friends. We go out. We go and eat. We play. There's nothing we are doing. There is no kind of conversation we are having that I cannot introduce God. No, 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 no. Any conversation that you cannot introduce God, there's something wrong with that conversation. Any conversation, anything you are saying, you are discussing, and if they say, Jesus, you say, ha, it's as if you have had it black and white together. It's a problematic conversation. That's where your oil drip from. Now, that's why you are weak in faith. You see, you don't have to pray up your faith. If you have had a lot of conversations around God and you have saturated your presence, your life with God's presence, you will not need to wake up and be staring yourself. Hey, they call you for? Pastor Philip, somebody had just died. Hey, wait, give me three days of fasting. I have to fast three days. Because you have been living your life miserably. Do you get what I'm saying? They walk Jesus Christ up from the sleep. They say, Master, care is no doubt that we perish. And he got and he quenched the wind and stilled the storm without praying and fasting. Why? He was already prayed up. He was already prayed up. The presence of God is the first trigger for faith. We were inquiring on the, I don't know where Ali was there. Quarriers are. Someone say quarriers are. Say it again, say quarriers are. And the woman says, hey, 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 they called her. Her son has just run mad. And they were taken in chase. Straight. Mama Pat, Madam Pat. Taking the boy straight to Yanya. He was in chase. I said, I have to leave now. I have to leave now. I mean, we were reacting. And if you have been just before, as you are reacting, you are chatting, you are playing. Hey, Master where I will stop that. In the midst of all that joke, Everybody get up, hold your hands now, now. I say, I declare in the name of Jesus that arrow returned back to where it came from. Now, she said, amen, amen, amen. And I said, as you are going now, you'll hear good news. He had barely driven out of the streets when the boy called him, said, mommy, I'm okay now. I'm okay now. I'm going back home. No preparation. Because the real crisis will not give you notice. You must be prayed up. You must have created an atmosphere of God's presence. Faith is easier like that. Be careful of entertainment. Differentiate between entertainment and spiritual suicide. This thing you are watching is killing you. These conversations you are having is killing you. I have Muslim friends. I have Muslim clients that know I'm a pastor. And they are comfortable working with me. So it's not about religion. It's about the presence. There are some of them, when their children get sick, they say, call pastor, call pastor. You know, Muslims too are smart. Say, call pastor, call pastor, call pastor. The presence of God is the first trigger for faith. How is your house? Is it a place that God can reside in? 
or it's a defiled place. I'm deliberate this morning. Very deliberate. You know, this phone is a blessing. I can be a curse. I've tasted both. Both the blessing side and the curse side. I know what it is. So I've made up my mind to hold on to the blessing side. The atmosphere that I create in my life, in my house, must be a one of God's presence. Enough for faith. There are atmospheres. There's, a, there's apple that can grow in Nigeria. No apple can grow in Nigeria. The apple, there's one that grows in Nigeria. That one that's white like this. That's your apple. What's the name of that? Is the apple? <laughs> eh? There's one like this. You know that one? It doesn't have shapes. So it can come like a, it can come like a, a, a mueba. <laughs> that one grows where here. But there's an apple that can't grow here because not every atmosphere is suitable for every seed. I know that. I know that. I create an atmosphere for myself. I was going to office one day. Usually I'll pray in tongues. I'm going makatala bro so Because I don't know what will come up today. Accidents. Anything can happen. As I was driving on, <laughs> we got to, I got to the office and there was someone who came to see me who had acute high blood pressure. I mean, he had to, he had to, he was holding his heart like this as he was coming to the office. Sat in our boardroom. I laid my hands on him as a lawyer. Eh? You know, lawyers know how to give quick notice. You know that? Do you know what I'm talking about? You guys know that what I'm about quick notice now? Notice, notice to quit. That means you should leave this place. So I have a quit notice already typed for sickness. I've already printed it. It's just to sign. To sign. So when it came in, oh, I have to indicate high blood pressure. Thou has been given notice. Laid hands on him, got him healed in the name of Jesus. By the time I got to my house in the evening, there was someone waiting for me in my house who had acute low blood pressure. <laughs> so I in the morning, because the sun is high, now the sun has set, the blood is low. I laid on her, so I said, go to the hospital. She went, came back, he said, the doctor said it has come up, but it remained four, four level. I said, come again. So I pushed, I don't want to be too much now, just, okay, you should gauge now. Go back, went back, he said, she's fine. They go back, drugs, discharged. With that preparation, why? There's a presence. There's a presence. If I call you now, without notice, where you go to first, say, pastor, please allow me to go and fast and pray, and steer up, or you are already living in the presence of God. Every believer must live there. Number one, your conversations. What you watch, what you hear. The kind of friends you keep. How will you be able to steal faith, William, when you people just sit down and talk about corruption? It's not possible. You know it's not possible. It's not possible. I left the office one day. I'll share this with them. Go to the second service. My father-in-law I've shared that testimony here severally. Some of you might not have had it before. Had an accident. I was coming from the courts. Now, if you go to Nigerian courts, for those of you who may know what Nigerian courts, some of you have never been to court before. I've never been to court. Before. I have never, I've not been to court before. Okay. Sometimes it's frustrating. You travel all the way, you get there, they adjourn your matter without notice. You get there, the judge says he's tired. So it's, it's almost 80% sure that our, the process will be frustrating. I went to court that day, came back to, from the court, fagged out, tired, usually, because you have to wait, wait in the court, so tired, there's no AC. And I got a call that my father-in-law had an accident. 
I was in the office. I was not in the church. I was not in prayer and fasting with my fellow brethren in the house of God. I was in the office. I just came. My beep was still in my neck. When they said, come now, daddy, just had an accident. He was jogging. He usually, usually jogging in the morning. I think his phone fell off, picked up his phone, and the vehicle hit him on the head, and his head hit the floor. And about four or five of his teeth came out. So when I got to the hospital, it's, it's, it, was, it, it was a bad situation. I don't want to describe it. Immediately inside me, I said, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You know, I'm praying. So now you're praying in tongues. Listen to me. It's not out of fear. Because if you are praying tongues out of fear, the fear will increase. Now you are praying in tongues for direction. Lord, what do I do? What do I do? You are waiting for the right word to speak. Because words are very important. Both Satan and God cannot do anything until you say something. You will learn that. Satan cannot do anything. God cannot do anything. But what Satan can do is that if you refuse to say what is right, Satan can take advantage on your silence and do what is evil. So I kept short and my wife came in. My wife came from, my wife was unusually calm that day. I don't even know. She just came. <laughs> and said, I suppose she was saying, hmm. Hmm. You have been praying for other people. <laughs> God save you. Let God not do something on this. You have no home. <laughs> no more home for you. Because, you know, when you pray for other people, you can pray, be healed. And if they don't heal, you can go to your house. I mean, <laughs> ah, yes, sir. God gives God. Yeah. God uh, I mean, you know what I'm talking about now? You can just pray. If they don't heal, say, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Just go and be confessing God's word. Just go and be believing. It will happen. But if it's in your house, there's no hiding place. So she, I saw she was just saying, hmm. So we, carried him into the ambulance and I had God clearly go to Guagalada I've never been there before I don't know what the process is like that there it was specific I will teach you that second service how to hear God's voice to power faith it was specific go to Guagalada so we entered the bus and my friend Dr. Jim has called me he said, Philip, there is no brain scanning machine in Guadalajara because the doctors gave us a notice, you know, that report with their jagajaga handwriting. Acute head injury. Possible brain surgery, brain, uh, brain injury, you know, and all that. Go. So, they had, we had that with us. Apologies to the doctor. I think they teach people how to write like that. <laughs> so, we, we went there. Enter the ambulance. We were calling, Philip, Go back. There's no brain scanning machine. Go, go back. Go to Metama. Go to the, 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 the. I said, God said, go to Guagalada. God said, go. In the midst of crisis, God said, go to Guagalada. Now, this man was lying down in front of me, lifeless, with a doctor's report to corroborate that this is a crisis. I grabbed his head and I spoke in violent for 90 minutes there is nothing wrong with your head 90 minutes there is nothing now I had my beep on my neck as a lawyer and I was speaking to his head there is nothing wrong with this head there is nothing wrong with this head 90 minutes from Asokuro to Guagalala when they brought him out and we came to the hospital first miracle 
the hospital had just bought a brand new brain scanning machine from Germany that nobody knew about. Only the Holy Ghost. I mean, see Aroba, they still lined up like this. And they were running a free test for everyone that week. Everyone free. First miracle. Because God knows where brain scan machines are. He knows where they are. So I said, this is the first miracle. So they put him inside the machine. And they checked. And everywhere was broken. Apart from his head. His hands, his legs. He had broken around his waist and all that. So I said, Lord, what happened? He said, you were speaking alone to the head. You were talking only to the head. He framed the earth with his words. A man's bones cannot be a problem. This entire world was created by the word of God. He can restructure people's core with words. He says he opposed the entire world with the word of his power. So every part was broken apart from the point of collision. The car hit his head. His head hit the ground. And the head was intact. I did that with my beep on my neck. Because I had already created a presence around me that did not need charging in the day of crisis. Where did that faith come from? There was a presence. If I bump in on you, are you ready? Or you have to go and charge? If I hit you on the day of crisis, if I come at you on the day of problem, if, some, if you just suddenly hear that something happened to your child, what will come out of your mouth first? Fear of faith, it will be by the presence you have created. I told you one day, my wife and I were at home, and something, maybe, I don't even know what it is. My last daughter, Tiwa, her cheek just started swelling. So we were saying like this, and she was screaming, Mommy! And it, we saw the cheek swelling as though a organizer was pumping it. I hit it once. Stop that! You devil, come down! And he went back down. Her sister was there. And I said, Tino, when I'm not around, Satan comes around, this is how to do it. <laughs> there was a presence already that triggered faith. How are your conversations like? What is the major thing that comes out of your mouth? When you and your friends gather to talk, what are you people talking about? Now, I am not against fun, like I said. I can even go and try to swim. I have no problem with that. But in the midst of that, can I call you with your swimming trunk and you can cast out the devil? With your swimming trunk. Can you cast out the devil with your swimming trunk? You are there with a by your mouth. Can you, if they say, can you stop that Satan? I just said you guys about, oh, where, where's Dara? That should have been back by now. I thought he said he was going to look at the back. I just said you guys about his testimony. His, his colleague in, your, in his school had got demon possessed. And he called me. Pastor, Pastor. Now, he was, he's in, he's in, he was far away in Russia. Me, I'm in Nigeria. And honestly, I was sleeping. Pastor me was the one that woke me up that day. I was sleeping. And I woke up. What happened? What happened? He said, it's a demon. Demon. In Russia. Russian demon. Amen. Sometimes you need to test this thing whether it's working internationally. <laughs> because, you see, anything that is not working internationally, you might not be sure it's working. You get what I'm talking about? It's important to cross-check your anointing. 
whether it can work internationally before they localize it to <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so they were nine o'clock. I think they were nine o'clock, we were six o'clock or something, because I knew they were three hours ahead of us. So I said, put the phone in the ear of the boy. The boy was shouting, shut up! You devil. In the name of Jesus, out! And it was peaceful. And that was it. The demon went out from Nigeria to Russia. I was sleeping when they woke me up. I need to say, please give me some time. I need to pray and fast. There was no need. I had already generated the presence in my life. As a young man, what is the crux of your life like? If I bump in on you, you know some people want to surprise them from church. They surprise you. <laughs> you are the one that will be surprised. <laughs> it's shocking. Because you went to give me a surprise visit from church. Or more. So now we, come, we are coming to your house. Oh. <laughs> Anything you need to switch or switch it off. Oh. Anything you need to hide. Hi, uh, we are coming from church. We are the brethren. <laughs> we are coming from the First Baptist Church of Nigeria. So we announced that could you marry me? You, uh, you keep everything. Praise the Lord. You cannot steer up faith living like that. You cannot. That's on you. Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.